And I just want to read to you a few scriptures this morning. This is from um, the Apostle Peter. He writes in 1 Peter 1 verse 3. He says, Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him right now, you believe in him, and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Great stuff. Great stuff. Well, today is Resurrection Sunday, and, um, and it's appropriate that we um, spend some time not just contemplating with our head, but also allowing the magnitude of what God has done through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, allow the magnitude of that to completely transform our lives. It's right and, it's right and fitting that our lives, before we leave here today, will be completely turned upside down, inside out, and overhauled by the power of living hope. And so we're going to zero in and talk a bit about that this morning. But before I do, I've asked a couple of folk to come and share with us this morning. Um, I didn't realise until afterwards, I've asked two Ashleys to come and share with us. Um, and so I'm going, to, um, I'm going to invite Ashley Armstrong. Would you welcome Ashley Armstrong? She's going to come up and share with us for a minute. Hey, Ash. Now, Ashley's going to share just a, a few minutes with us of encountering the risen Jesus and the hope of who he is and how he has touched her life. So, Ashley, why don't you share with us just a little bit about a time where you encountered the resurrected Jesus? So, when you first asked me about to share, um, I was reminded of a time about six or seven years ago, um, and it was when I wasn't Really, I wasn't living a Christian lifestyle at all, but I'd, I'd grown up in a Christian family. And um, one day I went to my parents' house and no one was home and um, someone had left, like, the God channel on or something and I remember just being drawn into what was on there and I'd watched... I don't even remember what it was now, but I was watching that. And then a song came on. I don't remember the song either, but... Um, I just remember in that moment, like, I could feel Jesus' presence in the room and just him inviting me into, like, a dance with him. And um, 
I felt so silly, but I was just like dancing, like in the lounge room, like listening to this song and like just crying my eyes out, like because I just felt his presence and his love for me, even though I wasn't living that the way I knew I should. Um, yeah, he just really showed up. In so that it was obviously a very powerful experience. You step yeah. into this room, there's some some sort of a God moment taking place, there's some music being played, and then mysteriously you're drawn into an experience and there you you feel the presence of Jesus. Now, you, you just said you, you danced with Jesus. Mm. Um, obviously, you, you also said your head felt pretty silly about it yeah. when you think about it. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm dancing in a room here by myself. Would you? But what was... what? What hopelessness or what hurt or void was he touching in your heart while you were dancing? What was going on inside? Oh, I just was like, it was like I was just doing all this stuff that I knew I shouldn't be doing. But in that moment, like, all of that just kind of faded away. And, like, I just knew I was where, yeah, yeah. Yep, I mean, you're obviously getting quite emotional (laughs) just reflecting on it right now which is really awesome it's proper and right that we should be fully emotional about this reality you know because Jesus is so real Mm. um so he was obviously touching you on an emotional level yeah he's obviously starting to bring some perspective to your life about Mm. maybe a different way of living Mm. so let's talk about what happened after the dance (laughs) how what what changed from that um I never forgot that, um, but I did sort of, I just didn't really, I kind of wrestled with like, uh, I'm not right, like, I'm not right with God sort of thing, that kind of thought pattern. And um, so for a few years, I kind of carried on doing what I was doing, but I never forgot that encounter. And I'd had other encounters as well along the way, but it wasn't until a couple of years later when I came to Vineyard that I really, there was a bit of a breakthrough in that. And, um, yeah, I encountered his presence and everything again and and someone spoke some words over me and um, I came into more of a full relationship with him and I felt like I could kind of go a different path. Yeah. So it sounds like to me... um that moment was one where there was great invitation to a like a journey with yeah. Jesus, and that um, while a journey began, uh, and it, you may not have had all the answers in that mm-hmm. moment, mm-hmm. He's continued to lead you into more yeah. of a fullness yeah. of what He was doing in that moment. Yeah, would that be right? Yeah, absolutely. What What would you say to people who are maybe sitting here today? Um, are listening to you? What what would you what would you want to say to them about who Jesus is and what you've learned from that experience with him? Um, I think I've just learned that he um, he he doesn't he comes into wherever you're you're at and um, he doesn't worry about what the past is. The past is the past, and he just wants to be in relationship and. And, like, I guess he's showing me the la- that life is like a dance with him. And, like, you know, um, but he's in the lead. Like, if, if you let him take the lead, you know, 
he leads the dance sort of thing. <laughs> Ash, that's fantastic. So to me, as I'm hearing you say that, um, there's a great invitation from Jesus to let him lead your life. Yeah. Is that what you... Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, and, and as... Um, so have you had a really strong sense of him leading you from absolutely, this point on? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> awesome news, good news. So, um, so Jesus is alive for Ashley Armstrong. Absolutely. <laughs> Wonderful news. Hey, thanks, Ashley. Hey, folks, thanks, Ash. And why don't you welcome Ashley Brown, another Ashley. <laughs> Grab a seat, bro. Hello. So, Ashley, why don't you um, share with us a moment of where maybe you were feeling a bit hope, hope uh, less or whatever the situation was and you encountered the resurrected, risen Jesus. Cool, thanks. Um, first thing, thanks for getting me to do this. Um, I've, I've been feeling a bit flat lately and um, just not knowing what's going on and that really, that really can get to you. Um, and I try and put it in perspective and say there's people out there with bigger issues than me, which there is. Um, but yeah, you kind of just go through flat periods. But I, I don't want to... Um, that was really cool, by the way, Ash. But um, I, um, I don't want to reflect on something big um, because I guess what I've been dwelling on is that God's there in all the little things. And um, all those little things just really... They do pile up, and and lately um, there's been there's been a heap of stuff that's happened, and all through those, just God's been there. Um, I've had what is it five engines blow up in eighteen months, and one of them was the Commodore uh, um, Nick's family car, and we couldn't afford. She had a particular car that she wanted. It's sitting outside now, but we couldn't afford that, um, and. I, you know, you can't really fathom how it works, but we got that car for half the price of what they go for. Um, and we could just afford that. And that's, you know, that's God just being in the middle of that. Like, it was just timing and, and how it all played out. And um, I don't, there's a few people that know about my work situation and, you know, we, we tried to... My uncle tried to be gracious to us um, and that just didn't work out. And um, and so I handed the keys back to him one day and late, about an hour later, like, I sat down and went, well, I've got to find a job. And I just looked and there was one job on Seek and I rang up and I said, look, I haven't applied but this is who I am. And they said, oh, do you want to come for an interview? I went, yeah, okay. And a couple of hours later, like a couple of days later, I had that job. And, and that job just, it fills our requirements it doesn't exceed them, but it meets them. Um, but it gives me two days off a week, and um, and that's been that's been awesome. And um, and the thing is, like we were talking about it, and the fact that a couple of years ago I did a master's degree, and and I feel like that person that gets a degree and then gets a job at Macca's, and um, that's how I felt. I felt like I've gone backwards in trying to go forwards. But Nick and I sat down and had a chat about it the other day, and. And it fulfills a whole heap of requirements for my ma for what I did for my masters, so it's really hard to get a guidance job uh, um, as a guidance officer in a school because there's only one to like 1,200 kids, and um, 
You have to wait till someone retires or, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, yeah, you get it. Um, <clears throat> but, but when we sat down and looked at it, this job, it just fills so many of the requirements that I couldn't have got if I'd have got a job in a normal school. And although it's really challenging and I come home very flat day after day and on, th on Wednesday afternoon when the kids left, I felt like, not, not a term teachers will know what I'm talking about, I didn't, I didn't feel like it was an end of term finishing, I felt like it was the end of the year. That's the kind of kids I'm working with, they're really, really hard. Um, but just when I sat back, when you asked me, I was really struggling to find a, a, a point where I could go, yeah, this is, this is what I'm going to talk about. But what I found is that all those little things and just sitting down and being flat for a couple of weeks, but sitting down and, and pondering that and talking to Nikki and just, it's overwhelming just how good God is in your life. And if, you, and if you're not looking and if you're not listening and, and hearing and really concentrating on what's happening around you, I think a lot of the awesome stuff that God does for you can kind of go it can slip away and you don't really consider that. So although the big things are great, just those little things, it's just so good and just fill you up. Mate, um, so, you know, I'm listening to you and I'm hearing that not only is God interested in what we think are the, you know, all the small parts of our or compartments of our life, but I'm hearing the story of how Jesus is actually... Um, tailoring his love so that you get the desires that he's placed in your heart. He's bringing you into everything that he has for you. And so I'm hearing the story of a, of a God who knows who Ashley Brown is and then brings Ashley Brown into everything that he's got. Are you feeling a sense of that going uh, on in the middle of all of this? Yeah, I think it's really good that someone knows who I am. Yeah, <laughs> uh, at least God does. That's um, good, mate. <laughs> you know, because I struggle a lot with that. But um, yeah, I think just all those little things, it just, it means a lot to me because, yeah, it's, it's, it's like I can't guide myself, but he's just, when you look back, there's just this path that he's leading you down and, and I guess you fight that at times. Yep. But honestly, it's just there. It's just, it's paved. Wonderful, mate. Now, Ash, what would you say to folk that are sitting in the room today about the resurrected Jesus for their life circumstances? What's, what's kind of the, the thing that you've really gained from this encounter or this process with Jesus leading your life? Um, I know, it, that's difficult because um, I'm a pretty abrasive person. <laughs> And um, I know that I know that I can rub people up the wrong way, and and that's been my journey. Has been very much one of of a deep rejection, and coming to terms with that, and doing my best has not been enough, you know. And so the last few years, well, it's been what six years. I've really been on this journey of just trying to let go of that, and um, and not. And just letting God take care of the little things. But my recommendation for people today would be don't be waiting for that big thing. Don't be waiting for it. Um, God's already there. God's already planting seeds. God's already guiding you. God's already, like, he's got that direction planned out. And he may not have that big bang, here it is, look at this. 
But what he's got is a whole bunch of small revelations for you and seek them out or look back and look at the amazing things that he's done where you have just been completely out of control of those things but it's just there. You know, just, just I guess, listen, have, that, have those ears to hear what's going on. Good stuff. Hey, Ash, thanks for your time. Thanks for your story. Hey, thank Ash Brand. Good gear. Good gear. You know, um, that scripture that's up on the board there from, uh, from Peter, when he wrote this about the reality of God's love for us in a resurrected Jesus, he, he, makes, this, he makes these comments um, here and it's really important that we kind of get it in right order because it's because of God's great mercy that he has now birthed people who have connected to his son Jesus into a living hope because of the resurrection. Now, if Jesus was still in the grave, there would be no hope. There would be, there would be forgiveness of sin because there was bloodshed, but there would be no hope of a transformed life because there was no resurrection. But because there was a resurrection, there is now prevailing hope for a transformed life, for transformed living. Now, um, but he says it like this. He says, he says it's, um, you're born into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept for you in heaven. Now, um, the thing is, we often read that scripture as if I have to wait till the day I die to come into the inheritance that is kept for me in heaven. But that's reading the scripture poorly. That, that concept of heaven that Peter is talking about there, he's talking about the dynamic rule and reign of God. And that wherever we are, wherever the dynamic rule and reign of God is, there is the inheritance of God being released. And so by being connected into Jesus, by being born into him, by being thankful and grateful towards him, we can now live in the generous rule of God on the earth as it is in the heavens where he rules. Are you hearing that? Because you've got to hear that. Otherwise, hope will not transform your life because you'll be living with a mindset and a lens that says payday isn't till I get to heaven. Well, the good news of the gospel is that God has established his kingdom now in the earth through the life, through the death, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ now and into the age to come. Not just in the age to come, but now and into the age to come. It's really important that we hold on to that because otherwise what we will do is we will do daily life with 
There is no hope for my circumstances and the enemy and your emotions will rule you and beat you up and put you in a box and say, forget it. There's no point. There's no escape. There's no freedom. There's no chance of transformation. But the good news is Jesus is alive, not just in heaven, but on the earth as he rules from heaven. You've got to hold that together, folks. Don't separate this out. You see, the only thing that spoils and fades is not our inheritance. The only thing that spoils and fades is the work of the enemy every time Jesus flexes his love into the earth, into the heart of a person, into a circumstance of life that we're trying to navigate through. That's the only thing that spoils and fades because we've been born into a living hope, a resurrected hope. See, Peter here is trying to bring definition to our understanding of hope. Hope is not walking around because we've been to the doctors with crossed fingers and hope we get a good result. That's not hope. That's wishing. When we've lost our job, and we're looking online or we're seeking, going through seek.com or wherever we're going to look for a new job, if we're approaching it with crossed fingers, that's wishing. That's not hope. Because hope for Peter is defined by the person of Jesus, God's living, resurrected, death-defeating, all-conquering king. That's what hope is. Or should I say That's who hope is. Hope is found in the face of Jesus. And I tell you, there's many a day, there is many a day, Peter goes on to talk about the trials and the battles because the trials and the battles are are of a broken, sinful world and and a dynamic and very powerful kingdom of darkness that seeks to rob, kill and destroy people of the living hope of the reality of Jesus. And that manifests even in us Christians, you know, where we start to think things like, forget it, there's no change possible for me. There's no way out of this bondage. There's no way through this addiction. There's no hope of restoration for this marriage. There's, no, there's just no hope for my kids who have gone off the rails. Stop living with crossed fingers and wishing. That's my counsel to you as your your leader today. Stop wishing and start living. Start living in the hope of the resurrected Jesus. Now this week in Kenya, 137, I think it was, 47 of our family were slaughtered by the power of demons and dark men in the earth. And their blood is spilt into the earth. But let me tell you right now, let me tell you, their blood is testifying to a living hope. They are now in the presence of the living king in heaven where he rules and reigns. And one day in the resurrection of the dead, 
when he comes and manifests his all-glorious kingdom in its completeness on the earth, they will be risen from the grave and they will join us in the party. This is the story we live in. Now, their blood, while it screams out from the earth, and, and, and our rightly so, our emotions are angered by such injustice in the earth. Right now, the vengeance of the Lord in the 60 minutes that you and I are staying here in this building, or a little more than 60 minutes, I'm trying to get the number, but I think it is something like... Uh, I've lost, I've lost my number. It's on my whiteboard in there. Something like 285 people in the next 60 minutes or in the 60 minutes that you've been here in this shed, hanging out with God, having a good time in God, hearing the stories of his goodness, meeting new people. 285 people have entered the kingdom of God and given a confession of Jesus Christ as their Lord and the Saviour somewhere on planet Earth. Did you know that? Greater is our God's kingdom than anything the enemy or the darkness could seek to do. See, death has been conquered. What lens are we living with? Are we living with lenses of crossed fingers or are we living in the power of the resurrected hope of Jesus Christ? Whatever our circumstance is, Friends, today is an amazing day. Jesus died to release to us the Father's will and he rose again to make sure that we get that will from the Father. Now, like any good family, any gracious father, he will take all of his years of work and labour and ensure that on his deathbed his children get the inheritance. And Jesus, Jesus fulfilled the Father's will that we would enter into the inheritances of God, his rule and reign, his generous kingdom. Oh, my gosh, just all these situations and everything that's compounding itself in our life, all the visual stimulation that we get from the media and online realities, all of the junk that we're just seeing in, in, you know, and anger in our community and all the poverty and all the injustice that's going on and all, everything that looks like it's falling apart. Well, guess what? Today we celebrate and we speak into all of that work. We speak into all of that work that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. And we are the people of the living hope. Hello. You guys are the people of the living hope who've said yes to Jesus. Jesus is alive. Jesus is not just alive sitting passively over here. He rules and reigns in the earth today through his people. He extends his kingdom. The born-again believer by faith now lives in Christ and Jesus is the inheritance of heaven. And to all who place their simple confidence in this great merciful act of God, you now have power over death. Death is not the end of the story. The grave is not the final word. Jesus is. Hope is never spoiled. Hope is never fading. Hope 
is never perishing because Jesus lives. If your hope is perishing, if your hope is fading, if your hope is spoiled, I would say to you today, uncross your fingers and give your life to Jesus. Stop wishing and start living. Oh my gosh, there's so much stuff that we have to confront and contend with every day. So much stuff. The resurrected hope of Christ is not one to feign from that stuff. But the living reality of Jesus draws us forward and tells us, go face on into this battle. Go straight into this thing that's trying to rob you, that's trying to kill you, that's trying to take your life. Go face into it that's trying to steal your joy, leave you physically bound. Move towards that thing in the name of Jesus because the resurrected Jesus is only too willing that we would know our inheritance in him. Today, as the people of Jesus, as those who are seeking for meaning and purpose that are among us as well, we celebrate the very words of Jesus. The kingdom of God is now at hand. Thank God. I mean, thank God, seriously, thank God. Now through a personal daily relationship with the loving friendship and the lordship of Jesus, the kingdom is available to us all. Prevailing hope. Hope is defined by him. Hope is a living person. Hope is the rising from the dead. Hope is the ruling and reigning over the heavens and over the earth. Paul said it once like this. He said that through the shed blood of God now, all things on earth, above the earth and below the earth have been reconciled to God. Jesus. I mean, do you remember a couple of Sundays ago, Karen did some amazing teaching here. If you haven't been on SoundCloud and listened to that teaching, get a hold of it. It's wonderful teaching. But Karen used this video clip of... Of, of, uh, of the heavens, you know, where it showed the earth and the solar system and then the Milky Way, and it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, bringing some perspective to the reality of what we're living in. Do you remember that video? Or if you haven't seen it, you've probably seen something similar over, the, over your, your time. Well, take that picture of the bigness of all of creation as far as we know that it goes... Because we can't even see that far. As far as we can see that it goes and have, have discovered, start thinking about Jesus like this. Those furthermost extremities that we have discovered as human beings has now been reconciled to God through Jesus. Jesus is a cosmic God. He's cosmic, cosmic Jesus. All right, you can take that one home today. I worship cosmic Jesus. He rules and reigns. He's not, this is more than the, uh, uh, God, that so, like, infuriates me that for so many ages the church has just told people, just behave. God, that's missed the point. It's missed the point. This is about the establishment of a generous God, a creator of all things, who is so 
desperately in love with his creation that though it has gone off course because of sin, he is desperate that it would be reconciled back unto himself. And he has done this through the sending of his son Jesus, born of a virgin, walked planet earth, healed the sick, raised Lazarus, fed the thousands, went to the fish one day and said, I need some temple tax and reached into the mouth of the fish and out came money to pay the temple tax. This is our cosmic God. This is our Jesus. He rules and reigns all things. The heavens and the earth is, belongs to the Lord and everything within it. This is, this is what we live in. This is the reality of truth that we live in. You know, um, John the Revelator one day, he was on Patmos. I, actually, Scott read some of his uh, revelation there at, at the end of worship. Well, John's, John's on the Isle of Patmos and he's having this most intense, eclectic, open heaven and earth meeting of like he's encountering God. He's seeing heaven as clearly as I'm seeing you right in front of me and you're seeing me. There's no, it's like there's no veil, there's no stuff between him and God. And he's in this encounter with God on Isle of Patmos and, and, and he, oh, this is really cool, Revelation 1. The best thing he can do, <laughs> he sees this happening. He sees Jesus all of a sudden rocking up. Verse 17 of chapter 1 in Revelations, John says this, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though I was dead. You know when you meet Jesus. Because <laughs> it's like that. It's so overpowering and overwhelming and so much truth and beauty and mercy and forgiveness and healing and justice and everything that's wrong is made right in that moment of meeting who he is. He's our Jesus. He's our King and Lord of all. And John has the right response. He's like, oh my God, it's you. And he falls to his feet, his face at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus reaches out to John and he places his hand on John and he says, do not be afraid. I am the first and I am the last. I am the living one. Hear how Jesus refers to himself? I'm the living one. That's, Jesus has branded himself as that. That's his confession of his, his identity, his lordship, his love. I'm the living one. I was dead, he says to John. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And I hold the keys of death. This is our king. This is who is, is here today in this room ready to completely ratify our lives with his love and kingdom order for our, for our lives. And not just for us, not just for you, not just for the people around you right now, but for every sorrowful beggar, for every sin-bound addict, for everyone who right now is choosing to run as hard as they can against the 
drawing love of God the Father through Jesus. For every person on planet Earth, Jesus is drawing them. The Father is drawing them. Our hope is not wishing. Let me, let me read it to you like this. This lady wrote, Anne, Willard, Anne Dillard wrote, wrote this uh, book called Teaching a Stone to Talk. Interesting title, but anyway, she's talking about Jesus and she makes this comment. It's really cool. I love this one. She says, on the whole, she says, I do not find Christians outside of perhaps the catacombs sufficiently or sensible of conditions of reality. Does anyone actually have the foggiest idea of what sort of power we Christians blithely invoke? Or, as I suspect, does no one believe a word of it? The churches are like children playing on the floor with their chemistry sets, mixing up a batch of TNT to explode on a Sunday morning. That sounds like good fun church to me. (laughs) And yet it's madness for ladies to wear straw hats to church or gloves. We should be wearing crash helmets. We should be wearing crash helmets. Ushers at the door. Okay, so welcome team. If you're on the welcome team, here's the new thing you need to give people at the door. She says, ushers at the door. They should be issuing life preservers and signal flares to people and and lash them into the pews for the ride. (laughs) Because the sleeping God might actually awake. And he might actually take us out to where we can never return. Whoa. <laughs> That's the Jesus that, that, that Anne Dillard has come to know and love. And it sounds similar to the Jesus that, that John the Revelator saw that day on Patmos. And it sounds like the Jesus that, that Peter writes about in his letter to the church. Friends, Today is about resurrection. It is about hope. And it's all found in the dynamic rule and reign of the person of Jesus. And today I want to invite us all afresh, whether we've had 20 gazillion moments of revelation, of encounter, or you've never had one at all. My prayer is for you today that you, like the two Ashleys would become very conscious of and know the power of and the faithfulness of and the love of the resurrected Jesus in your life. Living hope. We are here at the Vineyard this year in particular being invited by God into an incredible adventure of following him, the resurrected one, into a place where we are doing life as the people of God, of being one people, of one love, on display for the whole world to see us. And if they don't want to watch us, that's up to them. But this Easter, God is drawing us into the power of being his people. Now, 
I know that the way that God has made me and the experiences that I've had of Jesus, the living Jesus, sometimes might sort of come across as a little bit like either over the top or you just wear rose-coloured glasses, Kirk. No. No, I'm not over the top. And no, I don't wear rose-coloured glasses. I see very, very clearly because Jesus has made himself known to me. He has revealed himself to me. You see, we don't just approach every circumstance and situation of brokenness, of sickness, of death. We don't just approach it with a sense of just optimism because of the sake we should just be optimistic. No. We approach all of this because Jesus, the ruler of the heavens and the earth, has come and established his kingdom in us. And now through us, we now get to take that hope to all those situations and circumstances, all those relationships, all those friends we have, all those work colleagues that are are just punching in and punching out every day from nine to five and are living in desperate hovels that they call life. You and I have been filled. We're not crazy optimists. We see very clearly even as John the Revelator did. We are the people of Jesus. We've been born again into a living hope. And there is an inheritance from God the Father in his kingdom now and into the age to come. We are seriously given to ensuring that the only thing that spoils and fades in this world is the enemy's work. Because Pete tells us our inheritance doesn't. Our inheritance in the kingdom of God doesn't spoil. It doesn't go off. It doesn't fade. And if I was to back that up with a little bit of Paul, he would say, in fact, it increases and goes from glory to glory. Church, have you got your helmets on? Because you're about to encounter the risen Jesus this week. Hopelessness is a place that the enemy would want us to surrender to. And any of us right now in this room that are battling to even hear a word I'm saying because the intensity of the hopelessness of your circumstance is so strong and wants you to surrender your identity to the work of that hopelessness. Today is your day of freedom from that hopelessness. I declare it to you, not because of who I am, but because of who Jesus is. And I would say to you, give yourself to him. Just give your life to him. A living hope. Yes, our sin is dealt with. Yes, new life is available. Yes, there is a chance for a new beginning. And yes, our future is secured. I'm not talking about our superannuation right now, secured futures. I'm not talking about super. I'm talking about beyond the power of death and the grave. I'm talking about the renewal of the earth as the kingdom comes and establishes itself once and for all time in Jesus' complete arrival. The possibility of transformation is here, even though the power of death and hopelessness might be loud in your life 
in your family's life, in the, in the members of your body, and even in our community at large. Jesus is Lord. He rules forevermore. To finish with, just to give you another word picture. Way back in the Old Testament, there was a young guy called Daniel. And he, he had this grace on his life where God would gift him this capacity to understand dreams and visions that kings would have. And Daniel, though he was a young man, was, was somehow unique because God's favour rested on Daniel's life. And one day this king had a dream. And in this dream he saw a rock that was kind of carved out of the side of a mountain, but not, not carved out with human hands. It, it just somehow was untouched. In fact, the king said he saw it was untouched by human hands. And it came out of the side of this mountain and it fell to the ground. And along the way, it crushed every other king and kingdom that was then known in the then known earth. And Daniel said, O oh, king, if only you knew that that untouched rock, the rule and reign of God will come and is coming and he will crush every other kingdom that raises itself up in the earth and he will break it and conquer it and establish his rule as far, well, I'm adding something of David here, but as far as the eye can see, as the waters cover the earth. Jesus is that rock. Daniel may not have known it, but he was foretelling of the rule and reign of God and Christ coming to establish itself in the earth. Friends, I'm telling you, there is nothing too big. There is no kingdom too large. There is no power too ugly to hold you. The rock of heaven has come. Now, there's one thing I, when I was praying this morning, sitting down here in the dark, as I do on a Sunday morning, nice and early, I was from reading, reading and talking to Jesus about when, when, the, when the tomb was opened and the stone was rolled away. And Matthew writes it like this. He says, there was an earthquake and there was angelic visitation. It was like heaven and earth, everything that was separating it, all of a sudden, kissed. Angels, the earth was responding, and Jesus was alive. The kingdom and earth and everything within it were kissed in that moment. Right now, I feel like there's tremoring going on in the hearts of some of us this morning. Trembling of really hard stuff that's wanted to hold us captive. Some for a long time and some for only just recent days. That trembling is the love of God coming after everything that wants to rob you and, and, and liberate you now into the resurrected life of Jesus. And if you want today to acknowledge that, this is going on in me. Today, Jesus would say, 
uncross your fingers and stop wishing your life away. Live it. Live it with him. Now, the team that prays in the morning, they have got like a whole page full of things here that Jesus told them this morning that Jesus wants to heal. A whole page full of them. Normally it's like half a dozen, but this is like, I haven't got my glasses on here, but that's like about 15 different, I mean it's like double, like what we normally, it's like Jesus has got a lot on his heart he wants to do for people today. Before I read them out, who wants to, just, just put your hand, just, maybe just put your hand up if you want to uncross your fingers today and stop wishing and start living. Just pop your hand up right where you are. Just, now, with your hand up, close your eyes. I'm going to pray right now. Holy Spirit, come. Come and reveal Jesus to every single one of those people that have got their hands up. Right now, I pray. And in the name of Jesus, we just speak to every confounding assignment and work of darkness and sin and sickness that has ensnared and robbed you from true life. In the name of Jesus right now, that be broken in the resurrected hope of Christ. And I pray now a great release, a great ushering in now of your love and joy and healing and freedom. Now, Lord... For some of us, it's going to be just like Ashley Armstrong said this morning. You're inviting us now into the dance, to the journey. Take us on the journey, Lord. And when we feel like over the next few days it's getting too hot in the kitchen and we want to get out of the dance, get a good grip on us, Father. Hold us in that dance. Don't let us go. See us through until we come into the fullness of everything that you want for us in your resurrection. And I bless that to you all now in the name of Jesus and say, receive the kingdom of God deep into your spirit right now, deep into your body, deep into your mind, deep into every part of who you are at the very soulish level. Receive the kingdom of God and know that God loves you right there, right there. And even as a small piece of yeast affects the whole batch of dough, causing the dough to rise. So now the kingdom lives in you. Place your confidence in Jesus. He will hold you in the dance and he will walk you through till every part of your being manifests his loving glory, his beautiful freedom and kingdom for your life. God bless you, friends. God bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.